0: this morning, I'm beginning a series throughout this month and I didn't know how to caption it. That is why yesterday I said I don't have a title because it's about the perfection that God seeks to achieve in the body of Christ. Now, for us to appreciate what perfection is, it's good that we first and foremost look at what imperfection is. Until we appreciate and see our imperfection before we came into Christ, we will never appreciate what God seeks to do in the lives of every individual member in the body of Christ. But that's what God wants to do. He wants to perfect our lives. And we are being perfected. We will see that in a pretty, I mean in a short while, pretty soon from the scriptures. But before all is said and done, I would want us to look at the picture of our imperfection. How we looked like before we came into Christ. So that we will appreciate what we are becoming in Christ and what we are becoming in him until ultimately we will become in him when he shall come. Glory be to God. Can you turn your Bibles with me to Romans chapter 3? And the verse 23, a very familiar verse of scripture, I believe. Verse 23 of Romans 3 says, For all, not only blacks, excluding whites, not only the educated, excluding the illiterate, not only males, excluding females, not only Young ones, excluding the adults. It doesn't matter your category of personality. If there's any English like that. It doesn't matter where you stand. Black or white. Educated or illiterate. Rich or poor. Male or female. Young or old. For all have sinned. And fall short of the glory of God. I know there are those who believe in self-righteousness. And by that I mean they believe that. But I've not sinned. I don't smoke. I don't take alcohol. I don't chase after women. Or I don't chase after men. But there are some women who also chase after men. I don't. I don't do the things that they do out there. I don't tell lies. I do good works. I even build orphanages for orphans. I have even adopted some children and I'm paying their school fees. I've built schools. I'm giving scholarships. There are those who believe that so long as you're doing good in society, that is pleasant and acceptable in the sight of God. So they call it righteousness. Meanwhile, scripture says that Our righteousness is like filthy rags in the sight of God. I hope you know that for the mere fact that we call something rag, in itself, is filthy. So when Bible says filthy rags, I think that only women who have their menstrual cycle month after month appreciate what filthy rags is. And I will not say more than that. Our righteousness is like filthy rags in the sight of God. So it doesn't matter what we do right. It is not in ourselves to achieve right. He made us right. For God made Jesus, his son, to be sin for us. Who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So if you are in Christ, he has made you right. Not because you did right, but because God chose to make us so. What a wonderful grace. For by grace... Are you saved through faith? It is not of your works, lest any man should boast. It is of the goodness of the Lord. Hallelujah. All have sinned. Somebody will ask, when did that happen? I will answer. We all sinned when Adam sinned. The Bible talks about the fact that the woman was deceived by the serpent. But the man was not deceived. The woman was under Adam's instruction and Adam had given her some of the instructions that God gave him, Adam, originally to do in the garden. So she didn't have the complete and full knowledge. However, she was with her husband, Adam. When the serpent came and the serpent began to question the woman. Ideally, the man, knowing better, should have reprimanded both his wife, Eve, and then rebuke the serpent. But he allowed the conversation to go on. Because the woman made a statement that God has said that we should not eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil that is in the middle of the garden. Not even to touch it. That's what the woman said. Meanwhile, under no circumstance written anywhere, did God tell Adam that don't touch that fruit. Because how are you going to tender the garden? How are you going to cultivate the garden without touching that particular fruit? So Eve added her own. Anytime you add something God has not given, you open the door for satanic deception. Can I say that again? Anytime. You see, that is why we have to stay safe by staying in the will of God. Sometimes you read scripture and you want to envisage that could it be that this and that and that. If it is not so much expounded in scripture, stay safe by not going into excesses. The moment you open your spirit up into excesses, Satan takes advantage because he knows that at that level, you are not under grace. You are on your own. And he can smite. So the serpent discovered. Or let me say Lucifer through the serpent. Discovered that wow. I got this woman. Because the woman added something that God didn't add. God didn't say don't touch. But the woman said God said we shouldn't eat. Not even to touch. She was deceived. She didn't have the full knowledge. And then the serpent took her on. That oh. Oh. God does know that the day that you eat of this fruit, you shall be like him. And entice a woman. All this while the Bible talks about the fact that the woman was with the husband. Meaning that the man was privy to the conversation. He knew what was going on. He was not deceived. So he transgressed. It was was the greatest transgression ever. It was the greatest disrespect For God's love and God's care, God who created you, who manufactured you, let me use that word, who formed you and formed the woman out of you has given you a word. What word do you then need from a serpent who is equally a creator? Adam should have known better, but he, whether it was out of blind love, (laughs) when love is blind, it's dangerous. Maybe out of love and affection for the woman, you just so oh, it's okay, it doesn't matter, but it mattered, and here we are. Look at what has happened to humanity. Oh, it doesn't matter. You can go ahead and do whatever you want to do, just please yourself, it's okay. Come on, lo and behold, do you know what happened? As if Adam thought that, oh, the woman will eat and I'm okay because as for me, I know right, so I'll do right. But the woman ate the fruit and gave to her husband who was with her. Come on. And the day Adam ate it, God said, come on, you've missed the mark. You've missed the mark. And what happened was that man was created to be at the height of God's glory. Look at man giving the opportunity to name all of creation and everything Adam called till today is what we call them by the same names that was a height of glory you cannot say that a tiger is a lion so long as adam called tiger tiger it has remained tiger till today and when you see a lion you said it's a lion this is an elephant this is a chimpanzee this is a crocodile this is a cat this is a dog the names adam gave the creatures that is what they have become till today That is an aspect of the intelligence of man's glory before the fall. Apart from that, man had one-on-one communion with God. Think about it. God will come into the garden in the cool of the day and have one-on-one interaction with man and fellowship with man. It was a beautiful communion. But man fell and only God knows the height of glory that we are falling from. Maybe to better appreciate the height you are falling from. We, because of the fall, anyone who is not born again, anyone who is not being washed by the blood of Jesus, when God looks at you, mind you, God looks at the heart. Man looks at the outward appearance. When God looks at you, You may look nice on the outside, you may smell nice on the outside, you may look good, you may be a gratity in society. People revere you, they respect you, they bow to you. But when God looks at you and you are not washed, you are not born again, what he sees in your spirit, which he looks at, is that you are like the leper on the inside. What a leper looks like on the outside. You look unclean, you smell bad. You are such that God cannot countenance such an existence in his kingdom. So Jesus told Nicodemus for instance that unless a man is born again he cannot see the kingdom of God. He can only stay outside of the kingdom. And that is exactly what God did under the old covenant to everyone who became leprous. Including King Uzziah. Who reigned for about 52 years. He did mighty things. Bible talks about he manufactured engines. Engines that could throw bombs. In those days. Think about it. And Bible says that he was marvelously helped. Till he became strong. But when he became strong. His heart was lifted up to his own destruction. Why? Because he went to the temple. Wanting to now offer sacrifices like the priests would do. And the priest came to him and said, Sir, this is not your person. You are a king. This is the work of the priesthood. Can you leave this place? And the Bible said, He still was bent on offering sacrifices as a priest. And whilst he was doing that leprosy, struck him from his head to his, to his feet. And he himself realized that God had judged him. So quickly, he ran out of the temple. And the Bible says, Such a king who had lived in his infancy and reigned as a king for 52 years, the Bible says he, he, he lived in a separated house outside of the domain of Israel, outside of the camp, outside of the walls of Jerusalem, of Israel. He lived in a separated house until his death. He was not qualified to come in. That picture is a picture of the one who is not born again. If you are not washed on the inside, you are falling short of the glory of God. You don't qualify to be part of God's sons. You are not called a son of God. You may be God's creature, but something is missing. You are not washed yet. So, all have sinned, we all, because apart from Jesus Christ, who did not come from the seed of Adam, every one of us, born of a woman, carried the Adamic nature, the sin nature. Adam inherited the rebellious nature. Remember, the first rebel in the kingdom of God was Lucifer. And then when he spoke through the serpent, To Adam and his wife, he imparted that rebellious nature. Why? Because you inherit the nature of the one whose voice you listen to and obey. Can I say that one, two, again? You inherit the nature, the behavior, the mannerism, the genetic code of the one whose voice you listen to and obey. That is why it matters Who you have been listening to. Especially now that we are in an era of church without walls. In other words, you are exposed to all manner of videos, all manner of audio materials. It matters what you expose your heart to. Because just as faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, fear and every other negative, you know, uh, phenomenon also comes by hearing. Adam listened to the voice of the serpent and inherited a rebellious nature. Man became a rebel in the kingdom of God just like Lucifer and one-third of the angels. So what was the consequence? Out of love, take note please, out of love, God had to sack Adam and Eve from the garden. I said out of love because God is love. Everything that God does is born of love. Even when it seems like you are receiving punishment for your evil doings, it is still born out of love. It's like a father who chastises his son. Bible says if you are a son and you don't receive chastisement, then you are, you are a reprobate, you are an infidel, you, you are not a son. Every son receives a certain discipline, a certain chastisement that grooms him and schools him to become like his father or even greater than his father. So out of love, the first man, Adam, had to be sacked from the garden together with his wife. Because if God had not sacked Adam and his wife from the garden, what was going to happen was that Adam would have gone ahead to eat of the fruit of, of life. First, he ate of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. If he had gone ahead to eat of the fruit of life, it would have meant that he would have lived forever in his sins. And if he lives forever in his sins, it means he cannot die. And if he cannot die, then nobody can die as his substitute. Look at Lucifer and his angels, for instance. They are not human beings. They are celestial beings. So when Lucifer sinned, that sin nature became a part of his let me call it genetic makeup his makeup the sin nature remained in him it was retained in him it could not be washed away in the first place he doesn't even have blood and the universal law of god is that without the shedding of blood there is no washing away of sins and you cannot use animal blood to substitute for man's i mean iniquity That is why under the law, the blood sacrifice they did could not wash away sin. It could only cover the sins of man just for one year. And after one year, the Bible says there was rehearsal of sins. Every sin you've committed will be rehearsed again. and You have to shed another blood. So man was hopeless without a savior. Man was sucked out of the garden. Just because God wanted to save man. I'm telling you. child of God, when you are going through turmoils. And you are going through troubles. Like the world is going through a global pandemic. Who knows? God wants to save somebody. It may be a shaking. Remember Noah. What's the name? Jonah, rather. Jonah. Jonah was running away from God. Running away because he felt that Nineveh didn't qualify to be saved. And God allowed a storm to hit the boat in which he was. Some of the storms that come against us are not meant for evil. They are meant to bring repentance to us. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That if there is any area of our lives that needs perfection. As we go through this series in this month. We will open up to God. We will open our heart to God. And allow him to perfect all that which concerns us. But child of God, this is the beauty of what God has done for us. Let me just you know, conclude on Romans three twenty-three. Then we can go to other scriptures as time will allow. When man was hopeless, and man didn't have a savior, and man didn't know what to do, God offered a substitute in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. He was born into this world, not conceived by the Adamic seed, but, but conceived by the Holy Ghost. So the very life of Jesus is from God. He who has the son, the Bible says, has Zoe, has the life of God. Jesus Christ had the life of God in himself because he was born of the father, conceived by the Holy Ghost. When the angels spoke to Mary and said the Holy Ghost will come upon you, there and then the Holy Ghost planted the word that was spoken into the womb of Mary, and Mary incubated that word as a seed for nine months, and in the fullness of time a male child was born the flesh of Jesus came from the womb of the woman, but his very life the very nature of Jesus came from the Holy Ghost which was incorruptible which was without blemish which was not like Adam's seed Adam's seed was corrupted by sin, so man Who is not born again, who is not washed, is is horrible on the inside. It doesn't matter how nice you look, how nice you talk, how nice you do things in society. God looks at you and says, (laughs) you smell, you smell. You smell bad. And there is no detergent that can wash you. You can try all the detergents in this world. It cannot wash that smell except one detergent, the blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah, the blood. Thank God for the blood that was shed. Glory be to God. So here is my point, child of God. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8, let me go there and show you something. The same book of Romans chapter 8. Let me read from verse 29 into verse 30. He says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. The study says, moreover, whom he predestined these, he also called, whom he called these he also justified, and whom he justified these. He also, please take note of the word. He also did what? Glorified. Bible never said he he will also glorify. It's not a future occurrence. It's not something that is going to happen. It has happened. To who? The one whom he foreknew. The question is, does that mean that God foreknew some people and didn't foreknow some people? Does that mean that God predestined some people? to go to hell and some people go to heaven, I dare say no. From my knowledge of the scriptures, predestination, predestination has got nothing to do with some people have been predestined to go to hell whilst others have been predestined to go to heaven. No. It is the full knowledge of God which he has predestined. What does that mean? In other words, he foreknew man, God knew before the foundation of the world that some somehow, because God is eternal and his knowledge, his knowledge is eternal, He foreknew that one day this man I'm going to create in my image and my likeness will mess up. So before the foundation of the world, Bible calls Jesus the Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world. Right from the foundation of the world, the lamb was sacrificed as a provision for anyone who will need redemption. So God for foreknew man and therefore predestined that this man that will fall one day, if he will believe what I will do through my son, then let him become like my son. That is a new creature. So that his son will become the firstborn among many brethren. In other words, God will create the new creatures out of the old ones. He new this foreknowledge and predestination has got nothing to do with individuals it has got to do with the ultimate plan of god for humanity he loves us it was while we were still sinners that christ died for us it's not like some people are so rebellious that there is nothing like salvation for them never preach that message okay the foreknowledge of god and the predestination of god has got to do with his plan his ultimate plan his purposes on earth and for the universe So for whom he did for no, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. In other words, he has a predestination that one day, all the people that are going to fall in Adam, if I call them and they hear, then they will become like my son. So that we will no longer be of the first Adamic race, but of the race of the one who died as the last Adam and was raised as a second man, the new man. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Different from the old creation. The Adamic creation. We may look the same on the outside, but something has happened on the inside, which is captured in verse 30 of Romans 8. For whom he did foreknow, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, so that his son will be the firstborn. His son was born into this world as the only begotten son. But ultimately, because we have believed and are now born after his kind, he is now the firstborn amongst many brethren. So Jesus Christ is my senior brother and he is your senior brother. Oh, what a savior. Glory be to God. For whom he did foreknow, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That his son might be the firstborn amongst many brethren. And then when he did the foreknowledge and the predestination, then he called. So everybody is called. This is not calling to ministry. This is calling. It's a calling from darkness into light it's a calling from the domain of Satan into the domain of Christ he's calling everyone to come and see the light do you know that song the light of the world is Jesus the light of the world is Jesus He's calling everyone to come and see the light the light of the world is Jesus he's calling everyone he's, he's calling, calling everyone, everyone to come, come and see the light, light. I'm telling you the, the light, light of the of world, world is Jesus one more time let's the light of the world the light
1: of the world the
0: light of the world is Jesus, Jesus. there is no one greater than Jesus the light he's the hope of, the of, the of the salvation world. Oh is Jesus. He's calling everyone. He's calling everyone. He's calling everyone to come and see Jesus the light. The light of the world. The light of the world is Jesus. He's calling everyone. He's calling everyone. He's calling everyone. Come and see. Jesus is calling light. you this morning. Wherever you are listening to us from, He's calling you, brother. He's calling everyone, whether black or white, whether rich or poor, male or female. He's calling everyone. The the light of of the world is our Lord Jesus. Jesus. Thank you. The light of the world is Jesus, whom He foreknew, He predestined. To be conformed to the image of his son. That his son might be the firstborn amongst many brethren. Are you a brother? Are you a brother of Jesus? That's the point. And whom he predestined. Bible says he called. So he is calling everyone in the world. For God so loved the world. Which world? The world of sinners. That he gave his only begotten son. That whoever whoever does not cut off some people whoever does not discriminate in other words God has not said that some people will be cut off whilst others will be saved whoever believes in him whether black or white whether male or female whether Jew or Gentile whether rich or poor whether young or old educated or illiterate whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life oh what a savior So he's called everyone. The question is, have you responded to the call? I'm not talking about call to ministry. I'm not talking about, I got to prepare myself and go and do the work of the ministry. No, we will get there. I'm talking about responding and being translated from the kingdom of darkness into his marvelous light. For many are called, the Bible says, but few chosen. Who are the chosen ones? The chosen ones are those who have responded to the call of God. Who have said yes Lord. God is calling. Why have you hurting your heart? Why have you turned deaf ears to the voice of the Father? He can become your Father as well. He's calling everyone. It doesn't matter how gross your sin is. The blood of Jesus Christ is efficacious to wash away that sin. He said he that comes to me I will in no wise cast out. Yes, I know your hands may be soiled with sin. Your hands may be soiled with blood. But the blood of Jesus Christ can wash that sin away. He's calling everyone to come and see the light. And when you say yes, Lord, you are chosen. For you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. That you may show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So those who have said yes to the call of God, they are in light. That is why nothing takes us by surprise. Because the one who is in darkness is always taking on our You don't know what your leg is even hitting. You don't know what you bump into. You are always groping in darkness. But we are in the light. In His light, we see light. Nothing takes us on Even if you claim that COVID-19 took us on we knew that this year was a year of great awakening. At least we had a past knowledge, a partial knowledge of what God was going to do. Oh, yes. Even if we didn't know the full details of what God was going to do, we know in part and we prophesy in part. At least we know that in 2021 the church will emerge gloriously out of this global pandemic. Worldwide church I'm talking about. The global church. I'm talking about the Christian church. The holy assembly of God's saints. We shall emerge triumphant, perfected in the Lord. That is why the Lord has put on my heart to teach on this series being perfected we are being perfected so what happened whom he foreknew he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that his son might be the firstborn amongst many brethren whom he predestined he called and whom he called he justified meaning he made right when you respond to the call of God what happened to you was that God made you right for he has made him to be sent for us who knew no sin, 2 Corinthians 5:21, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him? So he has made you right, not because you did right, but because his blood made you right. Oh, glory be to God. That is why you can come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. For the righteous are as bold as a lion. Thank you, Jesus. Can you say that? Thank you, Jesus. For this grace in which we stand. Thank you Lord. Then the last word in verse thirty of Romans 8. Is where I'm going to. He said moreover whom he predestined. These he also called. And whom he called he also justified. So if if you have responded to God's call. He has made you right. Then he didn't end there. He said and whom he justified. These he also glorified. It's a big word. For many people to conceptualize, to agree, and to embrace that in our spirit, before we were born again, before we believe in the gospel, before we confess the lordship of Jesus, we were like Adam in in the inner man. But since we believe and say yes, Lord, to His call, and we were justified, He didn't end there. He also glorified us in our spirit. In other words. You were born perfect, you were born without blemish, you were born by the very life of God. Now that you are a child of God, God sees you differently, and He wants you and me to begin to see ourselves the way He sees us. That is what the perfection is all about because we have been glorified on the inside, we have been made perfect on the inside. But because of the imperfection in our souls and in our physical bodies, these imperfections sometimes distort the true image that we carry. They make us have the impression that, oh, I don't qualify. Oh, you see, the, the way your mind is. Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So God brings us to the place of Be ye transformed. You, you are transformed to the very thing that you are already. You, be it transformed through the renewing or by the renewing of your mind. Where your mind is now made to Get acquainted with the real you on the inside. Where your mind is re-schooled. Your mind is acquainted with your frailties. With your shortcomings. With your fall. With all the things that you have done in the past. Your mind is acquainted with that. But your mind was not born again. Your soul was not born again. We are saved in our spirits. But our souls were not affected. After our salvation, it is our responsibility to school. Use the word school Our souls. Take our souls through a schooling where we will help our souls. That is our mind, our will, and our emotions to conform to God's ultimate plan of perfection. So you and I were born perfect. But it doesn't mean that we live a perfect life because of the imperfect soul. And because of the imperfect physical body, which we are being perfected in. So to begin with, as far as being perfected is concerned, at least you have seen a picture of our imperfection. But if you are born again, if you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've confessed him as your Lord and Savior, if you are washed by the blood of Jesus, then you were born glorified. You were born perf- perfect on the inside. At least let me show you 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23 to confirm that. 1 Peter chapter 1, and the verse 23. thank you lord okay the new king james says having been born again did you hear that having is done already having been born again not of corruptible seed corruptible in other words our new birth did not come from the seed the spermatozoa of adam his seed, his spermatozoa, the word seed here has to do with the spermatozoa of, of, of Adam. The spermatozoa of Adam was corrupted by sin. The sin nature Adam inherited affected everything of his his blood, his genes, his spermatozoa, everything was affected. So everything that came from man was corrupted by the sin nature. That is why man could not save himself, because his blood was contaminated. And without a shedding of blood, there is no washing away of sins. So, man couldn't save himself by shedding his own blood. It was not possible. So, man was hopeless. But here comes a man who walked this earth for 33 and a half years. He was in all points tempted like us we are, yet without sin. Not even once. But when he had to go to the cross in Gethsemane, he took into his spirit my sin and your sin. But because it was not his personal sin, his blood was not contaminated. And this is what the princes of this world didn't know. Bible says, if they had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. It was a hidden agenda of God. Bible says, a body has now prepared me. God prepared him a body. And hit hid in his body, his blood. So though he carried my sin and your sin in his spirit, his blood was not touched. So when he died and went to hell, his blood was that efficacious, that powerful to wash. I mean, wash. Wash as white as snow. Said that every sin you and I ever inherited in Adam. Have been washed away, so we are washed white as snow, clean on the inside, perfect on the inside, born glorified, and that is what First Peter 1:23 is saying here. He says, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. We're born of the word, just like Jesus, born of the word, born incorruptible on the inside. That is why nothing breaks us down. It doesn't matter what comes against us. We got the energy on the inside. Especially if you have received the Holy Spirit. Who energizes you from within. Every virtue in you is activated by the workings and the communion with the Holy Ghost. When you are born again and you receive the Holy Spirit. It is like a heart that pumps blood. The Holy Spirit through communion activates all the virtues in you. Every grace, every glory on the inside is made to come alive. Through the workings of the Holy Ghost on the inside. That is why if you are born again. I'm asking the same question Apostle Paul asked the 12 disciples from Ephesus. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Maybe that will be another subject another day. Not today. But the question is. Are you born again? That is where the magic. Let me use the word magic began from. That is where the miracle is more than magic. It's a miracle. It's a wonder. Man, who should have gone into the everlasting fire? Man, who should have been ostracized? Man, who should have been cast away from the Prince of God? All of a sudden, the very objects of God's wrath have become the object of God's love. Satan can't stand it. He hates it more than anything. You have no idea how Satan hates you. I'm telling you. I say you have no idea. And you have no idea how much God loves you. You are condemning yourself. But God says, I love you anyway." Because I allowed my son to take your place and died your death. He, he washed you and made you his very own. Don't condemn yourself. Don't cut yourself off. His grace is bigger than your sin and your mistakes. Romans 2 4 says, that, Don't you know that the goodness of God leads men to repentance? It's not every time God punishes iniquity. For his children, sometimes he shows us good. So that through the overwhelming abundance of his goodness, you'll be ashamed to say, ah, I won't do this again. I won't go back. I can't go back. back To the way it used to be. Before before your your presence presence came and and changed me. (laughs) I won't go back. I I won't go back. I can't go back. back. To the way it used to be before your presence came and changed me. sing, I won't go back. I won't go back. I can't go back to the way it used to be before your presence came and changed me. Yes. God shows us so much love that when you think about his love, when you think about his goodness, when you think about his grace that brought us through, for as high as the heavens above, so great is the measure of our father's love. When you think about that love, you realize that Ah, it has not pay to live in sin. Like the prodigal son, you will come to yourself and say, "Ah, enough is enough. I will arise and go back to my father. I will arise. Enough of always falling and rising and falling and rising and falling and rising. That is another state of imperfection. But we are being perfected. We are being perfected. And he gave certain individuals amongst the members of the body of Christ to do that job. And throughout the rest of the month of July, I will be you know, going into the nitty gritties of that particular uh, subject. But let me just give you a glimpse of it in Ephesians chapter 4 and then we can run up today's service so that I don't talk all the talk today because there are many more talks to do as far as being perfected is concerned. Ephesians chapter 4 11 through 16 Oh yes, Lord. Think about his love Think about his goodness, think about his grace that brought us through. For as high as the heavens above, so great is the measure of our Father's love. Great is the measure of the Father's love. It is only the love of the Father that will make you know that it's not because you do good, it's because He is good. If God is using you, you will never take the glory, you will never take the credit. You just know that you, 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 you don't even qualify. But somewhere, somehow, grace has qualified you, grace has qualified you, grace grace in this grace where we stand is a wonderful grace Ephesians 4 11 through 16 let me read through quickly but we'll be dwelling more on this in subsequent days in the month of July and he himself gave some to be apostles that is Jesus Christ when he ascended on high okay and some prophets some evangelists And some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry or for the work of ministry. Now the word equipping in the King James says for perfecting the saints. In other words, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers that God has raised from the same body have been given the grace and the ability to equip us, to perfect us, to mature us, to bring us to the place where our minds will also be acquainted with who we are on the inside. We were born glorified, but you may never know. And if you don't know, you may live the, what do you call it? You may live the unglorified life, if there's any word like that. You may live the life of imperfection, even though you are perfect on the inside. Born perfect and yet living the imperfect life. Born clean and yet living the unclean life. Born glorious and yet living the the, the, the shameful life. Why? Because your mind is a barrier. Your mind is not acquainted with these realities. But God gave. He did not leave himself without a witness. He gave apostles. And he gave prophets. And he gave evangelists, pastors and teachers. And all these fivefold ministry gifts in the body of Christ have various roles to play. We all don't do the same thing. I'm talking about the fivefold ministry gifts. They don't do the same thing. They are. It's just like building a house. There are those who come as, you know, the foundation diggers. They dig the ground and then They lay the foundation, but after they've built the house, to some extent, there are those who come in and have to come and do some plumbing work, and there are those who have to come and do some electrical work, and there are those who have to come and do some ceiling work, and there are those who have to come and do the the interior decoration, and there are those who have to come and fix AC, you know, AC installation. Everybody and his or her uniqueness. They may look like human beings; they are all males, but they are different in their input as far as the building is concerned. That's what God has given to his body. And that's why I like the era we are in. We are in an era where we are no longer confined within the walls of our denomination. That I am IPR and nothing more. But at least through the church without walls, you can hear a man of God, a woman of God somewhere that will also bring an input and help you grow. What you may never hear from IPR, you may hear elsewhere. That will add... I like what God is doing. Church without walls. I wish that it will remain so till Jesus comes. Yeah. Because God is looking at a big picture. I remember in 2008 I prophesied this thing and I said that God is looking at a big picture. Bigger than anybody is seeing. He is looking at a church without walls. He is looking at a church that has no denominational barriers. Little did I know that it will come so literal. Yet I know we desire to regather and come back to our various denominations, but we should have at the back of our mind that God sees something bigger than our individual denominations. He's looking at the whole body of Christ. I say he's looking at the whole body of Christ. The body is one. Whether you are a Methodist or you are an IPR, whether you are a Pentecost or you are an Assemblies of God, the body is one. We have divided it. But see how God is putting us back together. Think about his love. He gave some to be apostles. Some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. So we are being equipped. We are being perfected. Then for the edifying of the body of Christ. Oh, I like that. Not for the edifying of members of IPR alone. Not for the edifying of another denomination elsewhere for the body of Christ. So you may have a denomination, a local assembly, where maybe it's only a pastor who may also be a teacher who belongs there. But maybe in that denomination, you don't have an apostle who has his input to equip the saints that, hey, you've got to go and plant churches. You may not have a prophet who may come and speak into the general purposes of God in that church or the individual lives of the people. You may not have an evangelist who may whip the enthusiasm of the people that let's go out there and win souls. That is why God has broken the walls. So that if you are in a church like that, at least you will hear an apostle somewhere. At least you will hear a prophet somewhere. At least you will hear an evangelist somewhere. And you will add it to your pastor and the teacher. Who is pastoring you. And even that you can still have another pastor. Who has another line of communication. Different from your pastor. Yes you revere your pastor as your father. But you just know that the body is one. And there are many gifts he has given. I wish it remains like that. But yet my wish is not God's wish. So let his will alone be done. But I know that if we will will think like God thinks. We will see the big picture. I pray you will see the big picture. See the body. Don't see your local assembly. See, it is a big body for the edifying. That's verse 12, right? For the equipment of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. It's one body. Bible says, by one spirit, are we all baptized into one body? If it's the whole, the same Holy Spirit that convicted you and you got born again, and it's the same Holy Spirit that added you to the body of Christ, then you are one regardless of the denominational tags, when we arrive in heaven, there will be nothing like IPR. There will be nothing like ICGC. There will be nothing like Christian Action Faith Ministries. There will be nothing like Water Garden. There will be nothing like any name. There will be one name, the name Christ. The name Christ. Because you will see it. I'll, I'll show you the verse. Is there. Verse 13 says, Till we all come to the unity of the faith. Hey, this is not ecumenism ecumenism is where you put various faiths like the Baha'i faith, the Christian faith, the Muslim faith, the Shintoism faith, the whatever faith that exists you put all of them together, that is ecumenism the unity of the faith God is talking about has got nothing to do with ecumenism are you there? God is not building the various faiths together as one that is actually going to be the work of the antichrist his phenomenon will be to put all religions under one umbrella so that we have one world religion one world government but that's not god's policy god never oppressed like that there is a nation in the midst of the nations called the holy nation a peculiar people not even the nation Israel. Because in Christ Jesus, it's about both Jew and Gentile. Bible says that, you know, he has removed the metal wall of partition and has made us one in Christ, both Jew and Gentile. So it's not even about the Jews, the nation Israel. It's about the church of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ. He's made us one. One in him. What a faithful God. Till we all come to the unity of the faith. So the unity of the faith here has to do with where we have all come to the same level of growth in faith the same level, that is all those of us who are in the body of Christ. At this moment, some are young in faith, some are weak in faith, some are strong in faith, some are rebellious in faith, some are operating faith, works by love, faith, which works by love. Different kinds of levels. But the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers given to the body of Christ are equipping us, perfecting us through their instrumentality, through their ministries, through their various input to bring us to the unity of the faith. That is where Ion sharpens Ion. That is where we we can have conferences and everybody understands what is being communicated because we are all mature. To the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. The word knowledge here is epignosis. That is the exact knowledge of God, of the Son of God. The exact, complete, full knowledge. Some of us have partial knowledge of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We don't know him as we ought to, but we ought to know him. That is one of the responsibilities of these fivefold ministry gifts given to the body of Christ. Then he said, look at the next line. That's what I'm going to. He says to a perfect man. Please take note. Did, did he say a perfect woman? Why did he say perfect man and not a perfect woman? Remember, he's talking about the body of Christ. I know. We use She. Whenever our hair, whenever we are referring to the body of Christ. But from scripture, I think it is wrong. It is wrong because if the head is a man, the body cannot be a woman. That is, how do we call them? A combination of a man and a woman. How do we call them? (laughs) Are you there? To a perfect man means that Christ the head and his body are one and we have come to the place of perfection, maturity where we fit into Christ perfectly, the head. I know that the church is the bride but the bride is being married to the groom so that they will become one entity not male and female. It is only for purposes of example you know to illustrate the relationship between christ and his church that is why god used marriage husband and wife as that you know type it's a typology it's an example but it's beyond male and female relationship it is the head being a man and the body also as man so he is allowed the ministry gifts apostles prophets evangelists pastors and teachers to equip us until we become a perfect man do you disagree or you, you think that I'm communicating something else, perfect man so enough of um, the, the body of Christ, she um, no, it's not she, it's not her, it is him, the body is a man, just like the head is a man, and that reunion when ultimately we shall be united with him, will make us one in him, and you will see Christ and his body one man, a perfect man Then he said, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I will stop there. 14 into 16, we can take it up another time, okay? Because even the 11 to 14, I have not even exhausted it. I'm just giving you a picture. But all I wanted to let you know is that God is perfecting us. And we must aspire to be perfected in our souls In our physical circumstances, just like we are made perfect in our spirits. We are born glorified, but that glory must be revealed. That glory must flow from within us. When people see you, they must see the glory of God. When people see you, they must see that God is with you. And God is in you. And God is at work in you. You do not go to an office and live the ordinary life like the ordinary man out there. There must be something about you that will be a witness that mm, some holy man be as past here. Some holy woman be as past here. This person is different. Because of your presence, they cannot just say some things. There are some jokes. They cannot joke around you because you are around. Even if they forbid That you shouldn't preach there without your preaching. Even your mere conduct will witness to them and win them for Jesus. And I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That as the Lord has removed all the walls in this era of global pandemic. We will see the big picture. And allow ourselves within the body to be perfected. You may need to drink from another man of God. Yes, I'm telling you. That may add something you've never received from this pulpit. And I pray that the spirit of God will guide you to that man or that woman. That as you drink from him or her, you will receive an input you've never received before. It's allowed. I will never say that. Don't go and listen to anybody apart from here. That is wrong. That is bondage. But I didn't buy you with my blood. Jesus purchased us with his own blood. And he made us stewards of the manifold grace of God. So I'm but a steward. And I'm guiding somebody listening to me. That it's okay to listen to that man, that woman. By the guidance of the Holy Spirit. That will add an input to your life. Because we are now in a global village. This is the body of Christ. In a church without walls. No more denominational barriers. I wish it remains like that. I'm telling you the truth. I said I, in my heart of hearts, I wish... It remains like that. Because that is the only way we will take his coming back seriously. So that we will not regather in our various denominations and have our comfort zone. How long will you keep yourself in your comfort zone? Have you forgotten the church in Jerusalem? He told them that you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem. In all Judea. In Samaria, unto the uttermost part of the earth. But I'm telling you, when the church became big and numbers had increased, they were all congregating in Jerusalem. They had not even gone to all Judea, only Jerusalem. Samaria had not heard the word, let alone the uttermost part of the earth. So what what did God do? He allowed persecution. I said he allowed what? Persecution. Ours may not be a persecution like we see. Or oh, we have read about in those days, ours may be a global pandemic, allowing COVID 19 to shake the nations, both great and small, to shake the systems so that the church will wake up and realize that he is building his church. He's not building a local assembly, he's building a body, and everybody who has been equipped. To make, a, make an input must be allowed, so to speak. I have a role. You have a role. If you have been equipped as such, as an apostle or a prophet or an evangelist or a pastor or a teacher or any other Christ worker for that matter, there are those who may not be called into the fivefold ministry, gifts. I mean, but have been called in various areas of capacity to bring their input. We must allow it. Open your heart, child of God. To the word of his grace. I'm sto- I'm talking to you like Apostle Paul told the church of Ephesus. In Acts chapter 20 verse 32. He says, I commend you to God. And to the word of his grace. Wherever you hear the word of his grace. Open your heart and receive it. Because it is able to build you up. And give you an inheritance. Among all them. Who are sanctified. Among the saints. All of us are called saints. Though we may not live the saintly life. But we are saints. He did us he made us so, he born, he gave that to us like that, he made us saints don't wait till you die and then they now put a monument somewhere and call you a saint, saint, saint what you are a saint (laughs) Lord I love you, can you lift your hands and let's bless the Lord